You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. All right, welcome back to our Revival Recap. This is your opportunity to get the inside edge on uh, what has been going on in the life of the church lately. We haven't done this for a couple of weeks, but we are playing catch up today. It's just been super busy, but it's kind of working out because it is coming up to our birthday weekend, celebrating a full year as a fledgling baby church. And so we've got a lot of themes that are running out, uh, running around the moment that kind of come together and culminate in uh, just how things have gone this year, setting the tone for the next year. And it's just real exciting. Um, here with Joaquin Evans, our senior leader. And if I can just get my mouth to work properly, that'd be a good start. How are you, Joaquin? I'm doing great. We're uh, just back from vacation. So I'm in relax mode and doing fantastic. I know. I'm going to politely decline your request for me to rub more sunscreen on your back because we are in the office. <laughs> But I'm glad you had a rest. That's fantastic. What a great season, huh? Coming out to the end of our first year mm-hmm. and birthday celebrations this weekend. How do you feel? I feel blessed and amazed and, you know, a little bit in awe and, you know, in such a wonderful way. You know, it's it's one year that there's there's these moments where you actually, it hits you what's happening and how short a time really it's been. I was going to say that. It feels like it's gone real quick. Yeah. And, you know, we've been in Austin two years, but, you know, on the Facebook feed, it does those reminder photos and some photos from our first or second weekend uh, two years ago. So when our team just arrived, but our first kind of services at a pavilion, uh, a pool, somebody's community pool, the pavilion at the pool. And there's like, 50 of us, 40 or 50 of us gather around worshiping in this outdoor pool setting. And now we're, you know, on, on the week of the anniversary launch with, you know, Chris Valentin coming and, you know, 1,200 people registered, you know. Figuring how to get chairs <laughs> into the building. Totally. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's one of those pinch me moments. Here we are. But yeah, it's, it's been amazing so far. And we know we're just getting started. Yeah, just getting started. So good. Now, um, like I said, we haven't got together to do this recap for a while because we've been full steam ahead the last uh, couple weeks. But um, there does seem to be an overarching sort of theme or feel or sense that you seem to be carrying Mm -hmm. over the last three sermons you've preached. So um, I do encourage you all to go back and listen to each of those sermons individually. And this is really just to get the heart behind all of this and why these messages are coming out at this time. The three messages that you want to listen to and we're going to recap today is, um, let's see, let me just scroll back here. So, okay, I've got them in the right order. Uh, creating atmospheres of authority. That's the one. Demystifying the anointing and flipping the script and breaking the status quo. Why, in general, Joaquin, do you feel mm-hmm. these messages at this time? Mm-hmm. Well, I think going back, especially before the, the, the first of those three, just really feeling um, a shift from the Lord, an invitation almost, if you will, of, you know, over the last year and, and beyond, if you count our pre-launch uh, season, that we've really been establishing community, building a foundation, um, really creating relational equity amongst our body, our, our leaders, our members, all that, so that um, you know. Obviously, we talk about it all the time, but we're we're going somewhere. We didn't. We're not gathering to be stagnant. You know, we're gathering to catch the momentum of God. 
but uh, in my spirit, really feeling that we're that we're coming to this place where we're ready to host more of what God is is wanting to do in and through um, us as an expression, but you know, in the city and in the greater just revival context on the planet. So I feel like God is wanting to ready to pour out more more of Himself. Um, and a lot of that takes flexibility on our heart. You know, I talk, I talk in there on the uh, the first week of, you know, we can't be married to the tradition of men. You know, we're we're called to be married to Christ. You know, and and uh, He's leading the dance, and it's our job to it's our job to flow with Him and go where He's going. But when we're married to tradition, even tradition that we've become comfortable with in our flesh, tradition that aren't bad in and of themselves, but when we're married to the ways of man, it actually can block um, fully embracing the ways of God. So I feel him bringing a shift in our dynamic that, you know, I'm not, I'm not more concerned about my watch or the time or how long service is gone. I need to be more concerned with what's God doing in our, in our midst and how can I partner with that? So it's, Super exciting for me, just just feeling this invitation from from the Lord. It is super exciting. It's super stretching as well. What's that like to have to lead services without that kind of structure? You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, we're going to go longer, adjust the preaching, adjust this, adjust that, whatever. Yeah, let's go with it. Because in all honesty, like we live in this community and we get used to this, but mm-hmm. the majority of the church globally, and I hear this coming out in your language a lot about the global church and the health mm-hmm. of the church is not like that. It is quite rigid. Mm-hmm. And so what does it take to step into that space of flexibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's a fun adventure for, for Renee and I in that, you know, we were, you know, obviously we were on staff at Bethel and Reading, but also itinerating a lot. So it's really easy to come and do a revival setting for a day, two, three days, and just like, eh, everybody throw out your watches. <laughs> yeah, but right. when you're actually pastoring a community of people and quote-unquote have responsibility uh, for that community it's it's a different dynamic which I actually really embrace that that uh, that opportunity but how do you grow not just a weekend of that freedom that but how do you grow a community of people into that place you know so I think that's I think that's part of the process that we're in and and, you know, I think we're doing a great job for where we're at. I think there's always, always more to come. But, you know, a prayer that, that I lead us into a lot is God surprise us in what you're going to do. And I don't think that, especially the church in the West, that we, need, we leave enough place for God to surprise us. We get rigid. Right. And we get our, our concepts and our precepts and we, we know what it, we think it's going to look like and we're okay with that. But... We don't let God color outside the lines. Right. But he's the creator of everything. So yeah. how limiting is that to give God our little our little lines? And the church, the church globally, you know, I think that there's areas of the church that are leading out way further into this stuff than we are and places that are, are further behind. And the church, you know, it's it's never the healthiest to, to just use overarching blanket statement. But in general, the Church of the West uh, really has opportunity to grow in some of these levels. But, you know, I've mentioned, you know, the underground church in China and different places where they don't even, they can't even advertise their meetings because of persecution. And the only way people show up is because Holy Spirit tells them the location of the meeting. But yet they'll still have 
300, you know, 1,500 people show up at these meetings, I'm like, yeah, we got a lot we can learn, <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> totally. But, but No signage, no branding, right? None of that That's stuff. it. That's it. Yeah. But I think the key is, is not, not to compare. I mean, yes, let, let that be an invitation to draw us deeper. But I think the real key is, is just to not be stagnant. Right. Which that's the challenge of the church throughout history is experiencing breakthrough, but then becoming stagnant, you know, for generations, you know, and then God has to come and light the fire again. So let's not be a stagnant church. Yeah, that's so good. And we can accept the challenge of being challenged by that uh, hunger and that lead of the Holy Spirit to have church instead of our models. And we can accept the challenge without compromise and without complacency in a way. But let me throw the question back at you. The Western church, you said, mm-hmm. is not the pinnacle. Christ is mm-hmm. the pinnacle. And I love that in so many levels. But let me throw it at you this way. What can we do as a community then to stretch, be flexible, to live in a space? What does that mean for us in the Western setting as a church, as life groups, as whatever? What does that look like for us to really make a mark on bringing our westernized faith into health? Mm -hmm. You know, I think coming with praying for God to give us refreshed eyes and refreshed heart. Um, You know, Paul prays for the Ephesians that the eyes of their heart or the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, depending on the translation, that we would pray that God would do that for the eyes of our heart, that when we come to to his word, we would see with new eyes because his precedent is there for us to see. The problem is we filter it through years of Western church experience and we therefore only glean out of it what we're ready to glean out of it. Right, right. And we, and we, but we leave so much on the shelf. We leave so much untouched. And again, it's that, okay, God, you can color between my lines and we let him fill that in but we don't create place for um, the more of God, you know, and the the unexpected and the and the beautiful and and you know we cry out for revival, but then we tell him he has to do it in our context. But it's never happened that way, and it probably never will happen that way. Our job is not to get God in our box. Our job is to get out of our box so we can get into God. If we can do that, we will have what we're hungry for. But we have to let let him give us new eyes. Right. Some of what you're saying rings true in me, and I think about it this way, that we love revival, we seek revival, but at the end of the day, we want sustainability of that revival. Mm -hmm. We don't want it to come and go. We want to sustain it and for it to build from there. And that requires some reformation, for lack of a better word, or restoration of the church and its models and our focus. One of the things that you said in in uh, that first sermon that we're referring to today, Creating Atmospheres of Authority, was that you said um, we are supposed to protect our revelation of the anointed one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, did you forget you said that? It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. <laughs> you, the way you looked at it, I thought oh, you were right. like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. I don't know if I forgot, but it's good well, to it hear it again. it is good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> It is good. And uh, particularly in the age that we live in, an age with like, there's no absolutes, but Jesus is an absolute. Yeah. And so how important, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say, is protecting our revelation mm-hmm. of Jesus above just protecting our traditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that message is so 
there's so much in it. It's one of those messages where you feel like you can only verbalize 2% of what actually is, is in there, what's available, even what I feel in my spirit. So uh, just when you go back and listen to it, just pray that God would give you the revelation that I wasn't even able to communicate. But it is that keeping, keeping the, the, the Christ nature, uh, the anointed one, central in our, in our consciousness, our perspective, our awareness, uh, it, it changes everything. And, you know, it goes into it all in the message, but the religious spirit tries to make... Um, tries to make a, a model, uh, you know, a, a Christian, uh, a model, a theology, a formula without the person of Christ at the center. And, you know, when you have that, you have that model, that theology model, it really, it's, it's an idol, but it doesn't answer prayers and it doesn't create breakthrough. And, and you can create, in our own ability, you can create some, you know, structure that like, hey, welcome, you know, make you feel welcome, like, hey, we can, we can hand out a few food bags, we can do a few things that look like we're moving into Christian realms, but it, it has a major shelf, because it's our own ability. Right. And you don't, and so therefore you move into, um, you know, disapp- disappointment, you know, makes the heart sick, and, and people get disillusioned with Christianity, their relationship with God. But to trade that back for this living awareness of Christ, the anointed one, the one who breaks the yoke, the one who came uh, to, to, to break uh, the plans of the enemy, to, to take the keys of authority back, you know, this anointed one in our midst, that's when everything starts to change. Poverty starts to break, sickness starts to bow, restorations start to happen, and now you have this living, flourishing, vibrant relationship uh, growing, both individually and within within the community. So there's nothing more valuable than that, um, you know, for, for the believer. Everything comes out of that place. So Yeah, I love that. Um, I love how the focus of what you did in that sermon was to do with focusing on Jesus and keeping that clear and keeping mm-hmm. that your lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like out of those models, and particularly when we try and do it without that focus, without the centrality of Christ, we do build those models mm-hmm. of either sin management or just good works. Mm-hmm. And some of the things like good works are great, but mm-hmm. they, they can't stand alone because that is the differentiator. Mm-hmm. We're not just a morally mm-hmm. um, community-based mm-hmm. helpful service. You right. know, we're not the... We're not the Salvation Army, you know. Right. So, um, so to keep that spiritual side is the differentiator. I like this. Sometimes there's more. I wrote this down, but inspired by what you're preaching. Sometimes there's more get behind me, Satan, when there just needs to be more get before me, Jesus. Mm. You know. Hey, that's really good. That's a good one, huh? You should preach that. I should <laughs> preach that. I'm, I'm here all week. <laughs> no, that's really. It's really true. But I love how he's speaking about the anointed one. It brings us to the next sermon that we kind of wanted to touch was that demystifying the anointing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was such a fantastic sermon. Um, but it took me right back to Stephen trying to buy the gifts and buy the anointing and buy the power in, mm. in the Bible right. from Philip. You know, And I, I think it was Philip. The, and I think yeah, the sorcerer trying to buy sorcerer, it. But yes, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, okay, if we can't earn the anointing, how do we get the anointing in our lives? Mm-hmm. 
What's your journey been like? Yeah, we get the anointing out of out of relationship, and uh, you know we've again we've we've made the anointing a thing, and we've made the anointing um, a reward, and we've made the anointing, you know, all, all these things that really boil down to um, that it's a reward for my my acts of service to the Lord. And maybe he'll reward me with an anointing or maybe he won't. And really it's a servant mentality. And, um, but the truth is that it's, that it's relationship. It's, 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 it's his essence, his nature, his love getting on you. You know, I mean, a, um, you know, a, a picture analogy would be, you know, somebody's perfume or, or cologne you know if I spend time with my wife and I'm embracing her and hugging her I walk away from that carrying her her perfume in a sense right. yeah and the anointing is the anointing is similar which smells so great on you by the way I'm thank just, you just thank you, you know. thanks for pointing that out yeah <laughs> um, and the anointing is similar and the, then out of that presence the anointing therefore is that that presence with purpose so uh purpose to accomplish now it goes to what has god called you to what's on your heart to see shift and change so you know you have the presence of god which comes and brings peace but the anointing specifically breaks the yoke of x y and z so if you have a heart to see poverty broken god will put on you an anointing to see that broken if you have a heart to see you know marriages restored or you know bodies healed or what you name it uh you can out of that place of relationship, you can glean an authority to see that thing broken. But I think the real crux of that, you know, I tell the story in the message, though, of, of it. at one point in time in, in my walk, I was not pressing into the, quote-unquote, the anointing as much as I had been in, a, in a previous seasons. And I was, you know, probably rationalizing as I'm trying to grow in other areas of my walk and, you know, different, trying to become more grown up, more respectable, whatever you want to call it. But the Lord really challenged me and he said, you know, if you, um, the anointing is, comes out of relationship with me. So if you reject the anointing, you're actually rejecting intimacy. And that's the thing where people make the anointing a thing so there's no intimacy required in it. They hope that it's a reward for something, but the reality is no. If I'm doing a great job loving on God and letting God love on me, I will come out with an anointing. So where I, you know, what's in my heart to see, you know, what yokes do I want to see broken? That's you know, for the individual, but it all comes out of that relational intimacy with yeah, with the Lord, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I loved, I loved this sermon so much. It just there's so many practicalities in here that we just don't understand. And I, you know what you said now is actually so much bigger than we even have time to discuss. Mm -hmm. Is where we think the anointing is something we earn based mm -hmm. on how we're doing or what we're doing for God, right. or our level of maturity or our level of status right. in in church. You know how mm -hmm. much do we see that? But you tied the anointing to a commission. Mm -hmm. And you tied the anointing to the dreams that we have from mm -hmm. God to be fulfilled and his dreams mm -hmm. for us to fulfill, even his dreams to fulfill. Mm -hmm. We never think of that much, that like God's dreaming stuff yes. um, that we're there to fulfill with him, you know. 
Um, and so what happens then? What is the process? Like, how do I determine the difference between giftings on my life and anointing on my life? How do I know when I'm operating just out of a gifting? Or how do I know if the anointing's on it? Can you unclutter that conversation in my head mm-hmm. a little bit for me and separate it out a bit? <laughs> well, it's a little bit, like you said, I don't know. We've if got we three hours. We have time to go into all that. But yeah, the, you know, gifting is, is a spiritual uh, talent that is bestowed upon you, um, you know, from the Lord. And, you know, the picture in the, the natural is some people. Everybody's gifted in certain ways. Not everybody's gifted in the same ways as everyone else. Um, but in the in the spirit, it's it's a beautiful thing. So you know, in the natural, uh, some people can run fast. Other people can you know do math in their head fast. And those two things may or may not be shared by one person. But in the kingdom, people are are oftentimes gifted in certain areas. But that's an invitation. It's not a separation for someone else, but an invitation for them to grow. So someone might be gifted. Uh, they might be more inclined for the prophetic, say, um, and that comes very easy for them. Now, of course, they can press in and they can grow the prophetic. They might not be as gifted in another area, but it doesn't mean that they don't have access to it because we all have Jesus, and he's he is the gift, right? And right. Uh, so we can grow in those areas, but we can let we can let the gifts that we see in other people draw us higher and draw those things out in us. Um, so the gifting is more of an overarching um, ability and authority that's given by the Lord on your life. The anointing is is the presence of God present on you to see breakthrough happen in a particular area. Now that would most often line up with with your giftings, your your gifting, and again the anointing comes back to the commissioning. So if you're gifted in the prophetic, that's probably because God's called you to bring that that breakthrough to the body of Christ. So there's going to be an anointing on that, but that's where the anointing is how much you press in to the Lord to exercise your gift. Right, getting with the anointed mm-hmm. one. Mm. Totally, and so. The anointing for breakthrough, the tangible, and and even um, we're, you're always you're always gifted. If you're gifted in the prophetic, you're always gifted. But there can be moments where the anointing can actually ebb and flow. Like you can experience, you can be in a moment where the anointing on you spikes, and everybody you look at, like you have deep prophetic words for them. Yeah, well, and it's just like this moment where you're. You're with the Lord, and you're in this anointing for breakthrough in that that is that is far and above what you operate in on a daily basis. Now your gift doesn't change, but your anointing can can ebb and flow. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, that just tells us that like you can press in for more and more of the anointing in in whatever areas that you're hungry for, you know. And I mean, I think the key is for people not to limit themselves. Go, oh well, I'm. These are my gifting, so I'll only go up to the anointing there. Like, no, if you have a desire in your heart, it's probably because God has put that in there. So if you have a desire for children, if you have a desire for, you know, seeing poverty broken, whatever it is, go after the anointing. And you can you can glean an anointing so that when you just walk on the scene, if you're anointed to see poverty broken, you can press into you. 
you have this tangible thing resting on you. Uh, in Luke 5.17, it mentions Jesus. It says, the present, uh, speaking, um, the Pharisees had gathered around Jesus. And it says, the presence of the Lord was there to heal them all. Meaning, we're speaking of Jesus. Right. The King of Kings, but yet there was a tangible presence resting on him in that moment to bring breakthrough for everyone there who needed healing. And so if Jesus operates in that place, then we can operate in that place. But you can just step on the scene and poverty starts to shift in the atmosphere. People start thinking different. People start relating to provision and money different. And you haven't, it's not that you did six hours of teaching, like you might be opportune for that, but you just have an anointing to see breakthrough in, in that particular area. Yeah, so. that's powerful. That's awesome. You, um, you did mention a story about a mosque uh, and then a little town nearby that you oh, yes. uh, mm-hmm. went to. And um, I'm not going to spoil the story. You need to listen to the sermon if you want to hear the story. <laughs> and, um, but you said this, and I, I think this is so incredibly profound. You can try fight the battles where the anointing isn't there, or you can find the land the Lord has prepared for you. Mm-hmm. And then in telling that story, you said um, it's kind of like the Bible, things that were happening. You know, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Bible. And you kind of, it was a throwaway statement mm-hmm. as a joke, and I get that. But I think there's something so profound to understanding that the Bible is not filled with stories. Mm-hmm. It's filled with accounts, mm. things that really happened. Mm-hmm. And aren't these just the things that we're desiring to see over our city, especially now as we move out of our first year, mm-hmm. you know, dreaming about what could be for the next year mm-hmm. and all these anointed ones mm-hmm. in our community. Um, isn't it so amazing that we are making accounts, we're not making stories? That's so powerful, Clint. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow oh, that Oh, you one. can borrow that. You can borrow that. That's for free as well. And uh, you said this, the first assignment isn't to destroy the works of the devil, it's to restore the vision of the Father. Mm. What does that look like for our next year? You know, I think, you know, the, the other statement that you referenced already is not just learning how to dream in God, but learning how to let God dream in us. So mm. part of that question is, God, what are you dreaming about? You know, because I, I can get the whiteboard out and be like, okay, for the next year, we want to see breakthrough in this, this, and this. And, and that's, that's positive. Like there's place for that and we need to do that. But I think the real, the real treasure is gleaned when we spend time with God and we say, okay, God, what are you dreaming about? What's on right. your heart for this next year? And, uh, and when we do that, we actually start to sense, when we tap into his heart and he starts speaking specifically, he starts dreaming specifically in that place, we're starting to tap in to the uh, very anointing for that thing. So it's not just an idea any longer, but the anointing, which is, is the authority for breakthrough in that realm, we're starting to tap into that. And now it's... So that causes it to go before us. Right. So we hear that statement, the Lord goes before you. Well, that's how you tap into that place. Isn't it so funny how it all comes together? <laughs> so strange how God knows what he's doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> the longer I do this, the more I realize he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we can tap in. And, and it's just what you, were, what you were referring to of, you know, finding finding where the anointing is flowing or the soft spots, you know, is, is a way to say it. Yeah. Um, yes, Jesus has authority everywhere. Yes, uh, we're called to break the yoke, but 
in our learning process, um, we, can, we can spin our wheels and expend a lot of energy trying to break the hardest place, the, the hardest wall. I don't want to say place as in region because there's no such thing as a mm -hmm. hard place, but in a region, there's hard spots and soft spots in any city, in any situation. So you can bang your head on the metal wall or you can find where the door is already unlocked and go in there yeah. and then breakthrough creates more breakthrough, faith release, more faith. So you end up, the whole house comes down, but you didn't go through the metal wall, you went through the open door. So finding where grace is flowing, where the anointing is already moving and start there, it's yeah, just a really, good way to operate that's great yeah and it and it's it's so true we, we skim it off but it's actually so practically real if, mm -hmm. you, if you're facing that in your life right now and you're struggling to break through well maybe you the door's right just i mean you preached that a little while ago just was it four inches across you yeah, know and yeah, that might yeah. be that might be four all the difference shift, yeah um you also then, the third sermon that we haven't had a chance to recap was flipping the script and breaking the status quo. Yes. And it, this, the more I look at this, the more these three just go together, these, mm -hmm. three, these three messages. And I love, I wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, you know, you think about the things Jesus did and how he broke the status quo. He was Everywhere a wild he went, man. Yes. And we've got to ask ourselves, we're following this guy? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, well, I think a follow-up question to that is, it, it, it'll, this might pinch a little bit, but if we're not breaking the status quo and flipping the script on a regular basis, are we really following him? just going to let that settle for a moment. <laughs> it's a good question. You said this as well. You said it's not our job to turn God off. Mm. And you'd alluded again to some of the practicalities we have in our services. And this is a good cultural thing for us to understand and to be able to communicate to those that are not part of our community of visiting maybe or are new mm -hmm. in, in Bethel Austin. Um, but when we are being flexible and flowing. I love how you related it to pursuing the presence of God instead of just the program mm -hmm. that we're trying to follow. That really does need to stay the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And you said within that context of worship maybe going too long or whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's not our job to turn God off. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's, it's not. And, you know, I think part of our challenge, especially in the West, is we're program driven, not just in the church, but we've found a lot of success in our, in our Western culture with the program. You know, you look at, you look at business and part of a business model is, is creating uh, a unified experience for people. So they feel comfortable in what they're going to expect. You know, part of the, the, the success of McDonald's is you're going to get the same thing every time, right? no matter where you are. You know, you're going to get the same thing every time. And that's great if that's what you're trying to produce. But are we trying to produce a business model? Or are we trying to have a romance with the creator of the universe? Because if that's what you're going after, then it looks very different. And that's where all the things that we actually want to see happen, they come out of this relational romance with the king of kings. So that's when people get up out of hospital beds and people just walk on the property and their marriages restored. That's where, you know, bank accounts shift and like 
that's where all the breakthrough happens. We've, we've fallen in the trap in the West of thinking that in every other area of life, society, the success breakthrough comes through the program. And the more programmed the program is, the more success we're going to see. Right. And so it's in the church, we just try to over-program it. And we just, the key is just to get it better, to get it more tuned in. But that's that, that kind of insanity comment I made in there, you know, doing the same things over and over, but expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. The Western church has been operating a little bit out of a place of insanity. So that's, that's not where the breakthrough that we're looking for is coming from. It's going to come out of this relational romance. And if that's what we're doing, then when God, you know, worships the easy example, but you know, you're, a group of people is used to worshiping a certain amount of time. And when that time comes, if it goes beyond that time, people start to get uncomfortable. The question we need to ask ourselves is, why are you uncomfortable? Is it because we're, it's not what God's doing? Or it's just, it's breaking your status quo. It's breaking what has become normal. It's breaking your, your program-geared mentality. That's probably the answer, is it's breaking your program-geared mentality, and it's not stretching your norm. But if God's the, do it, the one doing the stretching, then if we go with Him, we've just stepped into freedom, we've stepped into obedience, we've stepped into breakthrough, and all of a sudden things happen in response because we've let him be in control. Yeah, that's right. It's so good. And there's so many questions that can follow on from that. Mm. Like if it's just, if church is the only place you worship, mm. then yeah, it's like trying to run a marathon without ever training. Mm-hmm. You should be worshiping at home and in the car <laughs> and at your desk. I'm just saying, I get to say these things because I'm not on leadership here. So I get to poke the bear a little bit more. But it is, we come together to worship together, but it shouldn't negate the worship that you have mm-hmm. in your private life. So um, stretch, stretch in those areas. And I love what you said there. Yeah, ask yourself the hard questions. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself the questions. So um, what does it look like? What does this romance look like for the next year? We've got a big weekend coming up in the sense of a lot of celebrating, celebrating what God has done. Yeah, not celebrating our own accomplishments, but celebrating this mm-hmm. incredible branch of the church that he has, uh, that is planted here. And um, then into the new year of, of mm-hmm. us as a community. What are our dreams? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think for me, the, the dream is, is more, of, uh, more of him, more of the presence, you know, which that's never going to change, you know. You can ask me 15 years from now and 25 years from now, but more of him. And I, and I, love, I love the stability that I'm feeling in our community to, to go to those next steps with you know, if worship goes 30 minutes over, um, you know, if God breaks, comes in ways that breaks our box, I feel like we have enough relational trust and equity and, and kind of corporate understanding of what we're going after, that that's not going to blow out, um, you know, all of the fuses, you know, yeah. uh, and all the hinges in our community, which is, is exciting. It's what I've been looking for. So now it's, so now it's, not just the message of how do we host more of him, but let's continue to move into that, hosting more of him so that we become, you know, the radiant bride, you know. So that means, you know, more of his presence in worship, more people stepping in, you know, to the environment and experiencing breakthrough in the moment. But I really believe in, you know, 
I'm not saying it's all going to happen in this next year, but as that continues to happen, more doors of favor opening up uh, in the city, in the environments outside of the four walls. You know, when you move, uh, when you move into those areas of you know, desire realized as a tree of life, that starts to become attractive for people who don't even understand. They just can smell the aroma of you know that that those those desired breakthroughs and those results, and so you know doors opening up in in realms of unexpected realms. So God come and surprise us this year in uh, you know areas of favor and uh, doors that you open up that that we haven't even foreseen yet. So yeah, I'm excited. That's exciting. It is exciting for sure. Well, thanks, Joaquin. I didn't, uh, I didn't know how we were going to get through three sermons <laughs> in one recap. But, well, hey, uh, we believe in miracles, so there you go. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. So I do encourage you to go back and listen to those three. They really are so, so profoundly integral, not just to what we're building here, but the church globally. Mm-hmm. And as a believer, it's so important to have a perspective bigger than just our local community. Yes and play your role, own your part. Don't come for a show on a Saturday, but come as a, as a bride, as part of the church. Come on. So we're excited about it. Great New Year. Got a good celebration this weekend. Hope to see you there. If you're listening to this down the line, then hope we saw you there. So <laughs> thanks for listening to our Revival Recap, and we will see you on Saturday. Remember, you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or grab one of our Connect coaches on a Saturday, and they'll point you in the right direction to help you fit in and feel at home, be part of the family. Thanks, Joaquin. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Clint. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we just bless every household that's uh, tuned in. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.